Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to 20th Century Geek. So far this year, we have been talking about many, many geeky things. Uh, and last month, I got stuck into the whole comic book world, and we did villains. I talked all about the Joker uh, and all other things. So we're going to move away from comics and other bits and pieces and get and return to something we haven't really talked about for a, quite a while, but it's still pretty close to my heart, uh, having been a part of it for quite a while. And uh, there's only one person who could walk, th- walk us through this, is I'm back with good friend, co-host Mike. Hello. You're back in the you're back in the 20th century I'm back towers. At, back in the room. Yeah, you're back at 20th I'm century sat, towers. Sat on a bed, wanting. That's just the way you live in it. Just yeah, wanting. I'm just, in, I'm a, just in, a bed. in a constant state of desire. Yeah, well, I think that's a good gimmick, right? Actually. Yeah. Well, that's, comes, that's comes a, to the ring with a with a, a with lovely, a mattress on his um, back. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely transition that was then, because yeah, yeah, we are talking about gimmicks and getting to the ring. We are going to be talking about wrestling. We are. Wrestling. Wrestling. Um, but not just any wrestling. Mm-hmm. We're talking about specific wrestling. We're going to be talking about 80s wrestling. Yeah. The, the decade in which it really took the off. The birth. The birth of... The modern era. modern era of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, mm. most definitely. And thank God, Mean Gene, I've got my pump back, man. You know, the pythons are ready. The largest arms in the world. Justifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. Oh yeah, my true madness. Yes. As you realize, all that is left is total self-destruction. Do you, Hulk Hogan, show self-pity? Do you, Hulk Hogan? Well, for me at least, that's when I, you know, I really got exposed to it, and I think as, as mm. many many people, that's when you got the, you know, the the multimedia exposure to it. You first sort of, yeah, um, first WrestleMania, first WrestleMania, Starcade, yeah, was yeah. the biggie, um, which was the the rival in, yeah, WCW brand. That's it, yeah, Jim Crockett Promotions. The Starcade was their WrestleMania, of course. It, it took you and took place first, didn't it, Starcade? Yeah. Um, Starcade, I think, is 1983, um, and uh, yeah. WrestleMania won 1985. So Vince clearly looked at the model and went, "I can do better than that." Yeah, and he did. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember from the 80s more more than the wrestling. To be perfectly honest, mm. I always remember um, action figures. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I had some of the early early WWF uh, mm-hmm. action figures and the trading cards. Yes, trading cards as well, of course, yeah. And I, I, I still got some, I still got this, some. You must have some yeah, cooking, I, I've got some. I'll, I'll tell you a story, right, mm. is how important these, these trading cards were when I was a kid. Uh, I moved uh, primary schools when I was young. Um, sorry. Just, 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 sorry, we've got, is that who I think it is? Yep. Oh. Um, well, I moved primary schools, and I remember when we moved, a friend of mine, he, uh, you know, everyone was getting, getting sand, it was all, I was moving on, blah, 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 and someone came to me, and as a, as a parting gift, Mm. As a sort of a you know a goodbye, I'll just them again anyway. But they gave me a trading card of Big Boss Man and Ultimate Warrior out of their collection, which was a wow. big, which was, was a big, big deal, deal yeah, when you were a kid. Big Boss Man and Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah, a big yeah, deal yeah. when you were a kid. I mean, so, they weren't shiny as a fact. They weren't no, like shiny. No, you don't give away a shiny. Yeah, don't give away a shiny card, fool. But Warrior mm. was it the one where Warrior, Warrior's like in an action shot on the ring. No, it was a posed one. I was the pose. They were both posed, and it was a boss man, as you imagine. Like, you know. So a, who is this? This is your your gay friend from school. No, no, no. This was a, yeah, a primary school. That was our sexuality was clearly a big issue when I was, <laughs> yeah. when I was like eight. Yeah. Um, no, it was just a friend called Doug Jones actually, who uh, it was a teacher. Yeah. Uh, who gave <laughs> yeah, we asked God have these two cards. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'll be. I'll forever be your big boss man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but that always exactly me. It was like the gimmicks. It was a. It mm. was. I don't know if it was the. 
and you're probably going back, going back further than that, but it always felt to me like the birth of gimmicks. Like, rid- yeah, well, ridiculous I mean, gimmicks. Yeah, I mean, it became it became more of a, a show than mm. than a wrestling match. You know, when you go back, further back, you know, to the early 70s and, uh, and 60s, you can see people batter the hell out of each other, you know, legitimately, mm. you know, and lots of shoot going on between wrestlers. Giving someone, giving a good stretching in the ring. Yeah, and then you go into, like, you go into the eighties, and then that's when the showmanship comes out a lot more. Mm. You know, that's when you got the characterization of the, you know, the Grand Wizard and the, uh, you know, and, and Boss Man and the Hogan's of this world and stuff like that. So you, it is an important era, really, for the story of wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. A, I always feel like the eighties, and especially the eighties, and that, a little bit into the early nineties. Because let's be honest, wrestling always took a little bit of time to catch up to the rest of pop culture. Yeah. You know, like by the mid to late 80s, you know, the world was sort of like was moving in quite quickly. Mm. And then all of a sudden you get these big flamboyant wrestling gimmicks. Mm. And then, the you know, you get sort of like the, the early to mid 90s is like grunge era. The rest of the world's grunge. And you've still got like really ridiculous gimmicks, mm. still like flamboyant, brightly colored gimmicks in the wrestling world. And then it changes the attitude era, sort of like 95, 96, 97. And that catches up, mm. and then you know, so, and so they're always slightly lagging behind. I think. Well, cable, cable was, uh, was also you know something that exposed it worldwide. Yes, because I mean, you Sky in this country, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but prior to Sky, there was cable. Yes, you see? so we we had cable TV before we had Sky TV. Mm-hmm. Sky TV came half after yeah. us, and cable TV was great because that exposed us to pe- think people like the WWE, mm-hmm. you know, and and WCW as well, of course. Yeah, and, and but because up to this date we were watching World of Sport on a Saturday morning. Well, I was going to bring up World of Sport because you mentioned, totally. yeah, because you mentioned um, before about how you know you look back at the sixties and seventies wrestling and even early eighties wrestling when it was the uh, the territory system in the United States. Mm. It was very much that hard hitting. I mean, the, the gimmicks were few and far between. The gimmicks were few and far between. Yeah, it was more a case of. I mean, you get like Cowboy Bob Orton, but he was mm. just Bob Orton and he wore a cowboy hat. And mm. his gimmick was his broken arm. Even Rowdy Roddy Piper, like, you know, yeah, he played up a bit of a gimmick of being a Scots, you know, nutter. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like IRS, kind of like, you know, um, Virgil kind of level but then gimmickry. You mentioned people there like Cowboy Bob Orton and Rowdy Piper who were mm. legitimately tough. Tough. People. Oh, d- oh and, yeah. And yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. grew up wrestling. You know, yeah, it, to them it wasn't a gimmick. It was. What well, this they is did. this is the world. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you know, you, today they refer to it as, as sports, sports entertainment. entertainment, yeah, and it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. And but I don't want to detract from anything that the guys do today. I mean, the schedule that no. these guys do and the matches these guys yeah. do is is we incredible. Know. Oh yeah, yeah. We know firsthand the physical toll it takes on your body and and the mental mental toll it takes yeah, on yeah. you as well. You know, I mean, we 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 at one stage did was it six shows in a week. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our We've schedule was ridiculous six stuff. shows in a week. And I mean, that was like nothing in comparison to some of the schedules that these guys oh, have. Oh, yeah. And these guys are traveling. We were doing it in close proximity. And these yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. Like, traveling and yeah. family life. And it's, it's. I mean, we weren't taking the bumps that some of these guys were taking. But no. but the thing is, again, the difference being... I don't think you ever bumped. I, a few times. <laughs> a few times. You just you just fell over with style. I did, I did, I did. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this isn't flying. With, it's oh, falling with style. style. Um, no, but even so, like these guys in the in that you know the let's let's call it pre WrestleMania or mm. pre WWF um, era, uh, the territory era was very much like you went on the road. Mm. You know, and it, it, that sort of continued very much into the eighties and stuff. But there was that thing of like, if you were a wrestler, you wrestled. And the only way you got paid is if you stepped in that ring. Yeah, totally. And it wasn't going to be a huge amount. So, like, in the, let's, I mean, if you took the 70s, um, uh, there's a great book, uh, In the Pit with Piper. It's a fantastic book. It's amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend it, right? Because mm. it covers, like, Piper getting into the industry. Yeah, and, um, and Piper wrestling a bear. It does. Yeah, it does. He actually it, it did covers, wrestle a bear. It covers some of the craziest batshit stories like you will ever hear. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, him having to escape. Is it Rio? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he was there with Flair and all this other stuff. Like it was crazy. Um, he tells a story of sort of like um, not Greg Valentine, another great one, um, another big guy from the seventies and sixties. I can't remember the bloody name now. Um, getting pissed off after a show. 
And so he just drove around the car park firing his shotgun out of his window. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just, it's just like, yeah, it just happened. You just get you let, you let them let off some steam and then yeah. you, you, you got in the car with them and you travelled. But I remember in the book, like he says, you showed up and these guys, these like veterans of, of years and years of sh- matches and stuff, wouldn't think you were shit. Like you'd turn up and they're like, right, we are going to beat you and we are going to break you. And if you keep coming back, you might get a match. Mm. And that's what it was like. That was his. That was in many of these stories. Is like you just kept like going and being beaten and yeah, pick stretched. Up, pick and... up your ten dollars. Yeah. You know, and and that's another thing is that you know you were in an era where as you could wrestle in the main event and the the champ would get one hundred fifty dollars, and you'd get twenty. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. That was that was always like. But there was also no consistency. I mean, that's the thing about the territory system is you could, you know, if you were just a, if you, you might be contracted later on, you might be contracted to a territory, say, yeah. right? So like Jim Crockett Promotions or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even Vince's dad, you know, Vince Senior. Yeah. You might be sort of contracted to one of those proper uh, things, but you'll be going running around. But if you were one of the younger guys, you might hop from promotion to promotion mm. just to get work. And they might, you'll be used as a jobber, you know, which yeah, is you course. go in. You're beaten. You take the you take the pin or the fall or whatever, and then you move on. Um, you move on to the next show, and like you say, you might be getting paid like ten, fifteen dollars, probably you know about that for a show. Um, but like you say, like you probably weren't even using your name or your gimmick. You'd rock up, and they were like, "Right, you're this tonight. Go out." Mm. Yeah, you're, absolutely. Tonight, you you know. You're so and so. You're a baddie, and out you go. You're a heel. Go do your thing tonight. Yeah. You're so and so. You're a face. Go out, do your thing. And that was how they learn. Mm. That's how you. That's how you get guys like Roddy Piper. Yeah, I totally learned <clears> on the job. Yeah, but not just learn on the job, but learn through having to learn. Like they developed yeah, yeah, an yeah. ability, an astounding ability through just like you say, just being pounded on. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's that's why I always think it's fascinating when you do look at those early. I mean, what's your thought on like uh, pre? Let's talk pre WrestleMania years. Those pre sort of what's it years? What do you th- what are your thoughts on those? Well, I mean, in in this country, in the UK, I think that you know wrestling. Uh, you know, the reason world of sport died is because of the shakeup of the eighties and the way wrestling was presented. Because prior mm. to prior to WrestleMania, of course, you know. Big Daddy and John Haystacks, you know, selling out Wembley Arena. Oh, they were big know, shit for for a for yeah, a, yeah. a less than less than five minute match for the main event. I mean, it was just and it was horrible. awful. Like, it was terrible. Got, I went back and for this, this yeah. is one of the funny things. I've been back and I've watched um, quite a bit of like you know eighties and some late seventies wrestling. Yeah, yeah, both WWF and um, some territory stuff, but also like World of Sport. Yeah, and I always had in my head. And this is just a nostalgia thing or just a memory thing that, like, yeah, World of Sport was quite good. I remember it from when I was a little kid. Like, my granddad watched it. It was one of those things. It wasn't good. It was dreadful. <laughs> I don't and that, that wasn't the workers. The production values yeah, of some yeah, of these totally. things were dreadful. I remember um, going to see wrestling at uh, Ready Car Sports Centre dressed in uh, white leather trousers and a white leather jacket sitting on the front row. And then when it was shown on TV, there I was. Sorry, sorry, you yeah. went as an extra from a thriller video. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a rock concert dressed like that as well. I felt like a right knob. Yeah. But there we go. You probably look like a right knob. I, I probably did, to be honest with you, yeah. But uh, I mean, the, the, the bouncer seemed to like me. Yeah. So. He bounced you on his knee. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. And afterwards, <laughs> after he bounced me on his knee, all right, and and made me take off. Is my... this going to go? In... No, I'm not no, going no. to the story. Then he, then he, then he gave me a big bossman card and an ultimate <laughs> warrior card. <laughs> so said we'll always be friends. Win, win. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and then he, the last words, and I forget his last words. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourself was his last words. Yeah. Um, this might sting a little. Yeah. <laughs> But, I, but the 80s, you know, I mean, the, the world of sport was, was fantastic. To me, the 80s, what what symbolises wrestling to me in the 80s, uh, my, my earliest memory is world of sport. It's not outside of world of sport. No, no, I know, agree. World of know. sport. World of sport was my, my religion on a mm. Saturday, as it was for my mother, as it mm. was for most people in the country. They used to actually stop and watch wrestling, including the Queen Mother. Yeah, oh, she was a big fan. Yeah, huge she fan. She was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, this is something that I think is forgotten. Mm. And we should do, I think we should do, we should do a lot more. I mean, in fact, we should do a proper show on um, in, in, on World Sport. Yeah, get Keith in. Oh, Keith Meyer. We know, we know yeah, him uh, very well. We know Keith very well. Uh, can I just mention that I've 
pinned Keith Might, he'd never pin me. Just saying. Yeah, Sorry, that was saying. it. Was great when you could book shows, wasn't it? Uh, there's no way about that. There's <laughs> um, about who booked who. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not about who won. It's about how you play the game no. in a completely rigged event. <laughs> in a two in a two year two year storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I agree. I mean, that would be fantastic. I I, I would love to do. You start doing YouTube videos, mm. and I think a YouTube video that focuses on World of Sport is would be great because I think it's a forgotten. Almost like an embarrassment of, of British I don't know, culture. I don't see why, because it, it, it was such an integral part. I oh, mean, it was. The British wrestling scene exists today. And the British and wrestling he's on a resurgence. Uh, yeah. um, in fact, I would say that there's... A, there's a, uh, I haven't looked at it yet, but um, a good friend of the show, Nick Bray, actually sent me a link to a, uh, an item. It's called The Resurgence of British Wrestling. Mm. And I agree. I think it's it's really coming back strong. WWF... WWE story has taken interest in it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Both you and I know, not we don't really know him now, but we have known um, the current champion, Pete Dunne, very well yeah, in, yes, in the do, past. Yeah. We've worked, both worked with him extensively. Mm. Uh, and some of those guys are awesome. And, and like, Finn, Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn yeah, Balor. But, we both wrestled yeah. Finn. But both these guys... Uh, Seamus. Yeah. These, well, I never wrestled Seamus, but I've met him myself pa- back in the day. Page. But, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we page, page. Yeah. But, but this is the thing, like, these are guys that have, like, you and I, basically, and I'll be perfectly honest, right, we've gone our past, we've done different things. Wrestling was never going to be in our destiny, because I'm a flabby mess, and, you know, you're a broken mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, okay, okay, yeah. But these are Granted. guys, yeah, but these guys, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of them when you look at, like, they're being represent, they are representing the British wrestling scene, as yeah, it is today, yeah. and it is fantastically strong. Uh, and I hope it goes to strength to strength, and I would love to see... A return of a form of world of sport in in Britain today. See, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't agree with you because I wouldn't want to see world of sport back because, because world of sport is. I say a form of world of sport. It doesn't have yeah, to be world of sport. But, they, they, but... They, they've tried it. They've tried the revival of world of sport. Then they do like a one-off special world of sport. They did. They did. And when you're watching it, you kind of go, "This isn't world of sport. World of sport wasn't this. This is not what it is. No. This is a UK version of people trying to be WWE." <laughs> Yes. World of sport needs to be world British. of sport. Well, this is the, so let's all right. So let's let's actually identify something because there's mm. there's, there's several um, key things that differentiate British professional wrestling yeah. from American professional wrestling. So when we think of prof- when you think of professional wrestling, especially today, you think of you know they come to the ring with a with a huge. Um, pomp and pageantry, probably fireworks, and the, yeah. the, you know the Titan Tron and the music and all that kind of stuff. And they come to the ring, do some move or some sort of like you know flex or blow water or whatever they do, mm. right? And then they have a match, probably lasts between six and twelve minutes, about standard, I'd say. Mm. And then someone wins and they go, or it's part of a storyline and there's an intervention or it goes to a default or DQ. Or, do you know? There's yeah, always yeah. something, right? That's American professional wrestling. Mm. British professional wrestling. How would you describe it? I've just I've just described American professional wrestling. How would you describe real Ameri- British pre- professional wrestling? Uh, Tell well, me, take me through a match. I, well, British British wrestling is very different because the rules are very gentlemanly. And explain that because well, I don't think people know this. The most most matches that were done two out of three falls. Yeah. Uh, one knockout or one submission to yeah. determine a winner. And if you got knocked out of the ring and counted out. That's a disqualification. Oh, that's it. You're out. You're out, and that's the end of the match. It's counted as a as a as a, as a it's counted as a. I think it's counted as a knockout, isn't it? It's a loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you, if you were counted yeah. out, so titles. Yeah, it's control. a KO. That's a knockout. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but also there were rounds. And your rounds, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two minute rounds, five minute rounds, and public warnings. Yeah. You know, John Balls received his first public warning. Yeah. That's probably for you punching someone in the back of the head. That's what I imagine that's <laughs> yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Never until in the, the day crowd. I die. Yeah, well, yeah, it's never going yeah. to let go. But that's actually... And this was the difference. So now you have this thing of... Um, if you watch a match today... And I, can't, I don't really watch WWE at the moment, so mm. I'm unrelated. But if you are to watch a modern professional wrestling match, you will see the heel and they will distract the referee. They'll do something and then they'll yeah. do something... Then they'll do some heinous to the other guy, right? Yeah. And but then if the referee sees it, they get a telling off. Yeah. Oh, you, you've been a bad, bad boy. And it's it's you know you don't hear the microphone. It's a work, just, isn't it? It's a you work. Know, it's all part yeah. of the work. And so is British. But yeah. The difference being, you could use that in the British thing is a st- part of the storyline. You could get was it three yeah. public warnings? Three public warnings. Three public warnings. So it could be that was worked into a match. Whereas a heel, 
you were like, oh, well, well, through part- public audience, you disqualified. Yeah, but then there's a there's a heel that you know. Like, part of my strategy is I will use two of those public warnings to my advantage. Oh, they did, like, and like they Jack- would. Jackie Palo, Kendo, you know, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Totally, yeah. I mean, and it was a great thing where you, as a heel, haystacks. Yeah, as a heel, you'd go out and you'd be like, no, blatantly, I'm going to do thumb to the eye, or I'm going to rape the guy's face, or I'm mm. going to do step on the guy's hand or something, and you go, I'm accepting that public warning because I'm a baddie. And also in British wrestling, you weren't allowed to go to the top rope. Got yes. To get that as yeah. Well, yeah. But that, and that's what you see, you're right. So in the 80s, British wrestling was not. I mean, if, it would be amazing to see, right? If you, if, you, if you play a Saturday night main event, right? WWF, mm. Saturday night main event, take any match in one of those. Mm. Uh, and let's say, no, let's take like a main event, right? And a main event from any Saturday night main event. Um, WWF showing, and then a main event from a world of sport from the same era. Wembley, <laughs> yeah. For no, a world of uh, just, but just played them back yeah, to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. They are worlds apart. Yeah, they are. They are. Worlds but, but apart. also as well as that, you know, British wrestling was terribly gentlemanly. It was. You know, it was gentleman rules. You know, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, it was it was all about fair play. Yeah. Even though even though there was the characterizations, there was, you know, people like Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy coming out, We shall not we shall not be Well they did have flamboyant exits. Adrian Street, you know, they they had a flamboyant yeah. entrance, you know, there so they are. The entrances are there, the characters are there. It was a very British Well let me I, I think, but when yeah, but when you look at when you look at World of Sport, I you really see that str- I think there are stronger what I would call gimmicks mm. in world sport than there were in the British scene. Mm. So when you look at pre, I mean, Big Boss Man is like was really sort of mid to late eighties. Yeah, yeah. Those early eighties um, was you know you have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Randy Savage, Hogan, Roddy Piper, Andre like, the Giant, Andre the Giant. But yeah, but Giant Andre the Giant wasn't a gimmick. He was just a big bloke. It, but that giant haystacks wasn't really. Yeah, but more but, but then think about Kendo Nagasaki. Mm. Like he had a whole gimmick about being this mysterious Eastern wrestler, Even and he wore a mask. I oh, know the end of this. He wore a mask, and it was it was never revealed for years. He was never ever revealed. Yeah. But that's an entire gimmick. Yeah, he lived it as well. He lived he? it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, backstage, if there were people around, like the mask was on and the gimmick was on. Kayfabe was strong. Oh yeah, totally. Right. I don't think that level of gimmickry was really employed in the big part in the US. There's probably a little bits and pieces, but mostly... You so it was have to do it, the Kendo the podcast. Kendo st- the Kendo story. Kendo podcast. Can you imagine getting Kendo on you? That would be brilliant. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He runs a care home. Is he? Yeah. Because he's not in the care home. Well... <clears throat> should we give the spoiler away, though, for the Kendo the Kendo story? Do we hold then. it for another day? Well, you tell them. Give them the spoiler. It's the end of the Kendo Nagasaki story. What is it? Oh, no. We, let's not destroy the illusion. No. You know. Let's leave it as a word. Because Kendo Nagasaki scared the crap out of me as a kid. Oh, we, we had him a training. He did. Yeah. A long, he, long time ago. Yeah. But he scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah. That yeah, character, yeah, yeah. that gimmick. Oh, it was great. Worked for me. And he got unmasked kid. so many times. Mm. The unmasking of Kendo Nagasaki happened loads of times. Mainly against Big Daddy, by the way. Yeah. yeah. yeah Big Daddy normally beat him. He had his mask taken off. Um, but, yeah. the the uh, So that's what I'm thinking. Like, British wrestling. Mm. When people think of British wrestling now, like, I think because of budgets and it's faster paced, it's more colourful, it's louder, American wrestling is now the standard. Yeah. Do you think, though, that there is a place still for British world sports style wrestling? Yeah, because British, British wrestling has evolved, okay? So there is still a place for British wrestling. No, no, I'm talking about... Like, world, right. but, but you take British wrestling the way it is now with the flamboyancy and it makes it up with world of sport. I think that possibly it might work. However, it won't commercially. It won't work. It'll work for my for a little a while. Gimmickry. But it's just people are used to people. Yeah, are, yeah. People the are inundated and yeah, and drown with the format that's TNA, WCW, mm. WWF, etc. So I don't think it would work today per se. Mm. I think it would work for me. Today. I'd love to see it again. You know, and I think that there's lots of people out there who will see it, but they're a dying breed. A certain yeah. people of a certain age. If you, I suppose you're right. If you were to play it today, mm. if you were to do an entire show on the ITV, ITV World of Sport, yeah. and you did it 
big, probably like you know, better production values. But you kept those rules. Like yeah, people would switch off. People just that. go, what the fuck's this? Yeah. You know, what, why, what, yeah. what, what, rounds? What, yeah. what? Yeah, the only round thing in that ring is him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like. It's a shame, but what makes world of sport world of sport is world of sport. It's 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 as simple as that. Yeah. You know, world of sport was a was a time in history. Yes. It's not something that could be replicated. You can't. It's like it's like eighties comedies. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. And nineteen seventies comedies. You can't do that. Shit you couldn't together. play. Yeah. You couldn't do an Alf Garnet thing. Today no, you can't. Not only because of the political side of thing, but just because the jokes don't work. We've moved on yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from in, in the world of comedy. Yeah, we yeah. are we are in a different place of what we find funny. Funny. Our, our funny enough, even though we're political correctness, our boundaries of comedy have got wider, mm. and and so it wouldn't work. And that's mm. the thing about wrestling is that you know you are putting people through tables and mm. and ladders and stuff, and 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 this is on family entertainment shows. Yeah, but more than that as well, like the the guys are just. And let's be fair, right? The the wrestlers of, of of many many levels today are so much more athletically capable yeah. than some of the guys that were in World of Sport. And we've talked about Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy. Yeah, those guys. And you, people say that Hogan had a limited move set, like okay. ha- Haystacks and uh, Big Daddy just had a limited set. Like those guys yeah. barely well, moved. Haystacks. Funny enough, that's that's. I've got to disagree with you on something there. Haystacks was very very gifted when it came to wrestling. His his size was his problem. Is that he was only limited to what he could do? But he was really talented with you know. Yeah, I'm, but he I'm, couldn't do it because of his size. I mean, he got to like thirty two well, stone at his his biggest, and he could, was yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I I I worked with him, mm. you know, at shows and stuff, and he was just larger than life, an amazing man, and and a really kind man as well. And that's the difference mm. as well. We we'll go mm. on to that in a sec, but um, but his moveset was great because he couldn't really do. You know, sort of like a lot of grounded work. Yeah. You know, uh, or high flying or anything like that. He had to. He had to stop people in their tracks. Yeah. But then, it's it's about selling the gimmick as well. Is that if you're a big man like Giant Haystacks, you don't have to do a lot. No, because, that's true. Because to sell the, to sell the magic, <clears throat> you don't sell. Hmm. You know, very little. Sell very little. Look like at Big Show. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, big Show doesn't really sell that much. Look like at Brock Lesnar. You know? Oh yeah, no. Again, if you if you are of that character, that, that's yeah, what you, you are selling. Sell. If that's but, your gimmick, but his, he, he was very aware, mm. more aware than Daddy. Daddy's Daddy's um, move set was was awful. I always put like, the thing is, and uh, I would lump Big Daddy, um, Shirley Crabtree. Mm. I would lump him in almost in a similar uh, bucket with Hulk Hogan mm. in many ways. That's a big bucket. Is yeah, that was a strong bucket. Mm. <laughs> But my, the, in, in, not in the respect of athleticism, I think, because Hogan, you know, he had the body, he had the, he had the physique, and he had more, I'd say he had, I, I would say more charisma, because Big Daddy had the charisma, like, yeah, that he could work a crowd, mm. but even with Hogan's limited set, he still did stuff. Mm. It, I, I, but they both had an arrogance about where they existed yeah. in the scheme of things. Mm. Um, mainly because I think a lot of people kept telling them you are the shit and mm. you are amazing and you are the thing that keeps us going blah blah and they believed it mainly his brother with 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 daddy's concerned yeah yeah max crabtree who was the promoter oh, was because he was the promoter wasn't yeah, he yeah so he puts his brother as, as didn't put him as champ but he put him as the big deal the main event yeah, the yeah. biggest draw you know? yeah keep it in the family make money or what makes money and the thing about daddy is i liked big daddy and i liked the big daddy gimmick i liked everything about it until i met him and when i met him that's when everything went out the window. I never, for all the things, when like, you know, um, when I was really involved in the whole um, the wrestling world and stuff, and you would, you'd sort of like meet people like Keith or, or yeah, yeah. others, that, you know, like the Bulldogs that have met him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The UKPs. I never heard a good word about him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he was awful. he was awful. I mean, he was. I remember meeting him at Ready Car, and I was a little bit in awe. Mm. I never worked any show with Big Daddy, by the yeah. way. I worked shows with Haystacks, um, but never with Big Daddy. And and and, and I remember Big Daddy when we was doing a show when, when there was a show in Ready Car, and I was looking at and I was queuing for an autograph because he was like my you know growing up mm. my idol. And then uh, this kid came up to him, and Big Daddy had his big bingo wings. He did, you know, big bingo wings. 
And the kid came up and he was pushing Ooh. his bingo wings like that with his finger. Because he found it fascinating. The kid was only small, probably, you know, five, six, something mm. like that. And Big Daddy turned around to the guy, guy with the bingo wings and said, fuck off. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the kid went, went off and he wouldn't sign his autograph. And he signed my autograph. And then uh, there was another kid that was behind me that had a piece of paper, a bus ticket. So I gave him one of my pictures and said, look, you have, have one mm. of my pictures because you can't have a bus ticket. And then Big Daddy shook my hand and said, you're a very kind man. You're a very kind man. And then... And then so and right, punched thank, the kid thank, in the face. Thank you, very, thank you very much, I said. And I went and sat down and shook my hand. And I, I appreciated that. Mm. But I didn't appreciate what he said to the kid. And yeah, that's, yeah. It's kind of stuck with me. I thought, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. Yeah, it kind yeah, of spoiled yeah. my opinion of you. And then, of course, working with people like Haystack, working with, with people like Keith, and as you say, UKPs and, and uh, Ricky and stuff. Klondike like that, Cake. And, uh, Klondike. You know, none of these people have... And all people I respect yeah, in yeah. the business... None of them had a good word to say about Big Daddy at all. Yeah. Uh, it was just shocking. I mean, a, a, another book, uh, in fact, I'll just while you're saying that, you say about um, you know that story, another book I would highly, highly recommend if you want to know something about the British circuit in the sort of 70s, 80s and that sort of time, is... Um, the Wrestler. No, no, no. no it's um, Walking the Golden Mile by... Oh, um, yes, I've got it. Yes, uh, by, um, oh, gosh. Uh, Regal, Regal, Steve, yeah, Steve yeah, Regal. Steve oh, Regal. Great, great book. Great it's an amazing book. book. I met the guy. I met Steve Regal. Was at the, the, the one of the BBC uh, Birmingham uh, What's It cons, and I had his book, and I was just like, you know, if you can sign here, you know. And, Are you uh, gonna sign William Regal book? Yeah, some attic somewhere. Yeah. Bastard. Um, Bastard. Yeah, and I said to him, I said, oh yeah, some, you know, some, it was really early on when I was starting. Oh no, I've been I might wrestling for a while actually, and uh, I just said to him, I said, oh yeah, I work, I work a, a promotion. You know, nearby, and he just said to me, "He says he was just stopping. He was just a lovely bloke. He was just like, oh, that's fascinating. It's good to see that there are good people still in the British scene." And he was just like, "Yeah, thanks." It was just, it was just a genuinely nice bloke. He, he, said, he said the same to me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, the same, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure and it was to the guy th- in front. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure it was his go-to thing. But you could tell he was there in the moment yeah. where he was like, these guys warrant it. Like, Whereas Mick Foley, when I met Mick Foley, he said to me, he said, well, he didn't say to me. What the he, hell are you? He just, he just, <laughs> he just said, security. Yeah, That's yeah. what he said. He, he did say that as well. He looked at you and, yeah, he looked at you and was like, there's a bloody warrant against you. <laughs> yeah. Restraining order. <laughs> he said to me, he said, I never, I can't remember wearing a boiler suit. <laughs> I'm not you, I'm me. <laughs> he looked at you and said, Mike, I've warned you. You're yeah. within 50 feet. <laughs> Back yeah. off. Um, I've met him many times since then. He still looks a bit worried every time we talk. I'm to him. sure he does because you're yeah. rustling around in your trousers when you see him. Yeah. Um, but let's it... go back to the 80s. Let's go to the American scene then, right? Because okay. that's that's really the the bigger thing. Mm. Um, and I'm going to do a, a bit of a thing. I'm going to do uh, an article on WrestleMania, so I'm not going to go into that too much. But what we should we should highlight is um, for all the the things we talk about, for all the gumph Vince gets. Yeah. Today and always got about being. You know, oh, he's doing this backstage and blah 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 blah. It cannot be uh, understated how hard he worked and how oh, much he put into making wrestling what it is today. Yeah, and especially I, I, in that I, early period. A visionary, a visionary. He took yeah. it to the next level. He did. He was the man. He know? was the Steve Jobs of the wrestling absolutely, world. Absolutely, hundred percent. Great analogy of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because if it wasn't for him, I think that because you had like Jim Crocker promotions and you know uh, other other others territories, but it was a territory promotion. It, he was the first one that was like, no, no, I know how to go national, and yeah, here's how we're going to do ball it. All size of grapefruit. He invested oh. everything he, he, he possibly could. I mean, he was he was borrowing money left, right, and centre so he could put on WrestleMania. Wrestle. I didn't realise this until doing some of this research. Now. Mm. WrestleMania, if it hadn't have worked, would have bankrupted him like four or five times over yeah. like he had everything in on that yeah and it, and it paid off like you know well, you big mean, time you mean but... that you mean that the billionaire <laughs> known as vince mcmahon yeah. looks back at that and goes oh i'm glad he did that i'm glad that, yeah i'm glad that because oh. he would not be the billionaire or even millionaire yeah i often vince wonder, McMahon. i wonder what triple h sees in billionaire daughter <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but let's be careful with this, right? Because let's be oh, I love, I love Paul. Paul Levesque is is independently wealthy. For oh, all you he's, know, he's, he's, he's incredibly rich, and for all that stuff that Vince gave him, let's be honest. But I, I do stress. You're right. There was a huge rivalry between those uh, territories. Mm. 
you know, all over the country. And you get hear about big ones, Texas yeah, yeah. Um, territories and the Florida territories. And like Vince and that had the north, like the New York, mm. you know, New, New York sort of territories. And that was it. Like, that was your, that was your, you worked there. And then, you know. Because it was the, the etiquette. That's the way it worked. Yeah, you know? that was what it worked. And granted, like, he pissed people off. Oh, yeah. By doing what he did. Mm. Um, but but it, was, it was Vince Sr., wasn't it? Wasn't it, wasn't it Vince Sr. that broke the agreement? Or was it Vince... No, it was Junior. It was Vince Jr. It was Vince Jr. Oh. Vince Sr. was very... He, Vince Sr. tried every now and then. He would do little bits. To, you know, they they had yeah. the same attitude from what I've read. But it was Vince Jr. It was it was uh, Vinnie Mac, as we know, uh, that, that pushed it and was like, fuck it, this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to work, and this yeah. is what I'm going to do. And built WWF. Yeah, and his father was, wasn't too happy with him buying into territories, was he? Well... I didn't know this, but it was actually his father wasn't just unhappy about that because Vince Junior bought out from under, literally bought it out from under him. Vince Senior, he's the one. He came in and was like, "Yeah, wumpf, yeah, yeah, yeah. like hey, daddy, look over there, boink," and took because as it was then, the mm. WWWF mm. from under him streamlined it and then was like, "Right, we're going national, and this is how we're going to do it." He had a strategy. And he had Worldwide an Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I, I don't think you know. I don't think he he gets all the flack today, but it can never be, you know, he should never be forgotten how how much he contributed to making wrestling what it is today. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I totally agree. Totally agree. And I mean, you know, the birth of that. I remember being. I remember WrestleMania one, and I remember helping a friend across the road from me, helping his dad with wallpapering stripping wallpaper mm. off the walls and he said oh well, thanks for doing that he goes i tell you what tonight there's something on called Wrestlemania would you like to watch it and I said I have to go and ask my mum so I went and asked my mum she was drunk so I didn't know and then I went across and watched it and I couldn't believe what I was watching I was like oh my god mm. and that was my first exposure to WWF that was first ever exposure and that's I think one of those things isn't it that no one really in this country, especially in America, it's a different thing. I think in America, because I've got, I've had American friends, and when I've spoken to them, they're very much like you know, if they're slightly older than me or whatever, they they were. Or they're watching Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they would have already watched it. They they would have had some exposure, usually from the territory system. Yeah, yeah. But they would have already. Oh yeah, we knew about this thing. Yeah, like yeah. The WWF, or we heard about these things, and we heard about Starcade in in uh, 1983. I hadn't. It was. It was WrestleMania, and I think the first one I saw was WrestleMania three, mm. and that's to me was like my first exposure. When all of a oh, sudden, great, like, that's a great, great exposure. Oh, it was. Like oh, it blew was my mind. Wonderful, wonderful exposure. Great, great card. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah, um, we'll yeah. get into. I've, I've got a list here of some matches I think that to me defined that era for me. Mm. But it's it's that thing of um, it was just it was, it was just different. It was so different. Um, you know, so if we in fact let's talk about the Americans of the WWF then. So mm. what? Who, for you, defines eighties wrestling then? Uh, Warrior Hogan. Mm. Those are two. Uh, well, I mean, if I had to think of of uh, Warrior Hogan, Roddy Piper, mm. um, Savage, yeah, uh, Boss Man, totally Boss Man. Yeah, Boss yeah, Man was yeah. a major heel. Awesome, Ma- major, L- love major Boss heel. Man. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, the, I think Boston was probably one of the influences on me as, as for the John Ball character, really. Oh yeah, totally. Ray Taylor was a, a yeah. lo- such a nice man, such a lovely man, and also you know, great gimmick. Yeah, yeah and, and and but but a proper gimmick. Like oh, oh, he yeah, was a totally. Georgia prison guard. Yeah, like, he was. There was no messing. No, no, he's a Georgia prison guard, and he wears a, he wears a prison guard uniform yep. to wrestle in. And then, with a nightstick loved it loved that gimmick other ones you know that I think of when I think of 80s wrestling Jake the Snake Roberts yeah yeah we'll talk about Jake yeah. in a minute actually Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase yeah. oh, loved you know, Million Dollar the, Man the seven I mentioned there they're the seven I there's think someone, there's someone you have mentioned which, which I do think about mm. that's Ricky Steamboat oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah I should have mentioned Ricky Steamboat my god one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever. ever been yeah yeah without a shadow of a doubt and I agree. All those names you've mentioned. I don't now. think of Hitman Hart or anything like that. I think he's more nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even he's definitely. Foundation. It's it's late eighties, but it didn't it didn't become a thing until the nineties for me. Yeah, nineties is Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you know, yeah Hitman yeah. Hart. I mean, yeah, because if you say the eighties, the Rockers were what eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, but still, they didn't take off till the early nineties. No, yeah, they, well, they never really took off. Took off, did they? They it was were the Rockers. Yeah, they, 
were just they were very they, low. They were, float, they were the floated, yeah, mid card at best. You know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Michaels on his own was able to mm. go and make it big. So yeah, those guys you've mentioned there, yeah, um, really are like the defining. They're the top tier, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean Hogan. Yeah. Hogan to me is is the poster boy for eighties wrestling. Yeah, totally. Um, and then like, yeah, he's that the, the top of the tree. And yeah. regardless of you know, I know he gets a lot of, again like gets a lot of flack, but yeah, then you've got like Warrior Savage um, for like uh, Roddy I'm Piper. Top, top heel in the business in the eighties was Million Dollar Man Teddy Biasi. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. The you best know, thing. Obviously, I did mention Andre. I do apologize. Andre, yeah, Andre, Andre the Giant. But I, you know. I get a bit sad talking about him. Yeah, time, but I mean, but I, again, but to me, you talk about like Ted DiBiase, yeah. and uh, there's the things he also do. Like he would call kids into the ring and be like, "All right, kid, here's a thousand dollars. If you can do this thing, whatever." And the favorite bounce, one, bounce the ball, bounce the bounce the <laughs> bounce the basketball ten times, and then stick his foot under it and yeah, be like, "Oh, you failed. Away. Get out." One of the greatest books. He, he made a film recently. It came out last year, yeah. um, which is all about him and his truth of his life and uh, stuff like that. And because uh, he's a minister now, of course. Yes. You know? Yeah. And um, but his books are so so truthful, you know. And there's this guy that lived this gimmick, you know, the million dollar man gimmick. It was penniless. He had no, he hadn't got a pot to piss in, you know. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just like. Well, none of them did. That's complete, the th- complete opposite to what he was, you know. That's the thing, though. I think that uh, you know. There were these top top guys. I mean, I would never. Say, Million Dollar Man was was a gimmick to me that I always loved, and I was a big big fan of it. Yeah. But it was never, uh, it was never like top tier. He was never Hogan, to me. Do you no, know what I mean? But there wasn't but, anyone though. There wasn't no, anyone. No, but, yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. But like, it was only you had to be in that top at top level, that like, the top couple of tiers to really make some money. Oh, Rush and Recruit. It's never. Oh, Rush and Recruit. Jeez, yeah. Um. And just, I mean, let's talk about Hogan, right? Okay. For a little bit, um, and I—he's I, I, to me, Hogan is two people. Mm. And I, I'll start with yours. So I've talked a lot. What do you think of Hogan? Personally, or do or, or no, professionally? No, no, just, just as a, just as it, right? As talk about Hulk Hogan in the sense of eighties wrestling. What does it mean to you? I think he was an icon, mm. and I think that he was—he was a driving force of an era that that needed someone a character like Hogan. You know, he was he was a superhero. Mm. That's what he was. He was a superhero of wrestling. No one could beat Hogan. You know, and but why? What was it that made him that? Not the, to you, because he was. Uh, you know, no matter what he did, he hulked up. You know, you could beat the shit out. You could hit him with a car, mm. and then it looked just as you think that he's down and he's done. He hulks up, and when he hulks up, that's it. The game over. And, and they run with that gimmick. Run with mm. that gimmick right up to WrestleMania 6. Mm. You know? The only time he hulked up and someone got the better of him. That was... Warrior. Warrior. Yes. <laughs> that was. Get out. <laughs> but The but, greatest yeah. match it ever was. <clears throat> we'll go on to the matches in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but watching some of this stuff, one of the things I was, I was interested to watch was um, nowadays it's very clean cut between a face and a heel. There's always that grey area in the middle, like for some characters, but you get like John Cena, clean face, right? I don't know any heels. Randy Orton, when he's a heel, when he's, he can be yeah. a really good heel, right? I don't think John Cena's a good example because half the audience boo him after people. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm talking about moveset and, and, and activity. Oh, yeah, okay, ring, yeah, fine, right? yeah. Sure, you can sure. define them. You could watch that and go, goody, baddie, right? Yeah. Quite easily. Yeah. Watching Hogan in... Um, in, I was watching like lead up to WrestleMania one. Right? So yeah, I was watching yeah. all these matches and stuff, right? and things like the Paul Orndorff uh, betrayal and yeah, all this yeah. other stuff, right? And all I could get, all, all the things that kept jumping out to me was like, why is Hogan doing some like thumb to the eye, raking of the face, like doing stuff that I'm like, oh, he's doing heel moves. He's doing cheered. heel yeah, moves, yeah, yeah, totally. and people are cheering him for it. And, and rake down the back. Yeah, like yeah. proper heel moves. And I'm thinking, that's interesting. That it worked. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he would still then get beaten but up. But everyone could forgive and... him because he's Hogan. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was an odd. It's, it's alright because it's Hogan. But it was almost that thing of like, which came first? Mm. You know, did he did he do all this stuff before and I just didn't notice it, or is it he became Hulk Hogan, the icon, and he could get away with it? Well, I mean, he he, he was a heel, don't forget, prior to being yeah, Hulk Terry... Hogan. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, can't pronounce his last name. B- uh, Bolello. Yeah, but 
Or bowler, whatever. Bowler, yeah. Bowler but he was, he was, he was a heel, wasn't he, for for a long time when he wore the oh, blue yeah, trunks yeah. and the white trunks as well. Yeah, when he was yeah. in Japan, you know. I mean, he, yeah, he was a heel. I mean, Andre was a face. Mm. You know, Andre was a face for years. The only reason Andre turned heel was to go against Hogan. Yeah, and that's it. So watching those sort of matches, I mean, um, the thing I lo- I really enjoy is. Aside from the wrestling, I always love the promos and the sort of the uh, the like they call the gimmick work, like the build up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that shit. The behind the scenes stuff. So building up to WrestleMania one, watching Hogan and Mister T doing stuff together is in like there's some gimmick. There's a. It was such a it was such a rip of Rocky, wasn't it? it just, oh, totally. it's 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 amazing. It's yeah. an amazing thing um, because you there are scenes. You do me. Yeah, there's this. There are, there's a whole scene where they go into a, like a health food store and they're getting they're going I have some of this I know. oh I love this brother raisins are good for you oh yeah man we'll get some raisins and it's just this sort of like whole thing about them grabbing random yeah, health yeah. foods but what I didn't realise is they all went to McDonald's had a Big Mac afterwards you yeah. know what I mean but what I didn't realise is like that was never in this day and age right you'd have like alright we're going to contact the food store we're going to tell them who's going to turn up we'll block off the thing yeah yeah da, 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 da. no this was like they were, they were literally like I used to go there. Right, let's go do it. And they would just turn up at shops and start filming. You can watch this. People in the background are like, what the fuck is going on? Why yeah. are Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in the shop? Like, yeah. People didn't approach them because they were being manic. Like They're literally like, throwing like, raisins and, and banana chips and like other stuff, like wheat, whey, protein shit in this basket. And <laughs> just yeah. drinking milk. At one point, they crack a milk open. They're like, Rah! And I'm just like, this is mental... But it's no wonder people were hyped for this because this had never been on television yeah, before. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. it was groundbreaking yeah, yeah. in that sort of promotional way. Because um, I didn't realise as well, they appeared on Saturday Night Live um, to promote WrestleMania 13 hours before the show. And wasn't that the one where Rod- Roddy Piper appeared on as well? Uh, Roddy in a spot, yeah, yeah. But they, they do the monologue, they're the guest host, they do mm. all the stuff. And then, like literally, like twelve hours later, they've got to be on. They're on. They're on uh, in ring, ready to go. It's prom- the, 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 what I, I like. I is, love it. Is Roddy Piper's story about WrestleMania when he says, you know, that we were brought there in limousines, uh-huh. and then at the end of the night, they left the dressing room, went outside, and there was no one. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. Yeah, no limousine, just stuck there on yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan, Hogan and Mr. D have gone off in a limousine yeah. to party. Well, Hogan, uh, well, uh, we will cover it now because the thing is, like. Uh, it's famously known that uh, Roddy did not like Mr. Mr. T. T being yeah. brought in. Not just didn't like Mr. T. He did not like him being brought in. He yeah, was like, yeah. he's an actor. This is a this is a complete uh, stab at what we do. I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. Yeah. And then so when when uh, Mr. T actually got cold feet and didn't turn up, Piper was like, I'm completely vindicated. Like I was completely right. This guy's a complete. Pratt and he should not be in yeah, the ring. It was 11th hour, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. It, it was actually it was Hogan that actually had to go down and get him. Like he yeah. turned up, but he wouldn't leave his tr- he wouldn't leave the car in the car park. And Hogan, to, in full kit, had to go down and get him um, like an hour before the match. So Mania's on, mm. and he's like, right, you you've got to come up and do this. And he talked him into it, and then he had to get like Mister T's entire entourage upstairs, and and all this other shit. Yeah, he was a bit of a diva, wasn't he? Oh, Sometimes, he was a yeah. prick. Apparently, yeah. he was a real prick. But um, it was Vince. This is the story. Apparently, Vince went to Hogan and said, like, and he confessed, like, I've got everything's on the line for this. If Mister T does not walk out there, we're screwed. Mm. Like, this is on you. Yeah, we filled all this up. Yeah, Holster, this is on you. You've got to get him in the ring. Yeah. And he had to go down and persuade him. So, it's one of the things that, like, you know, when you watch WrestleMania 1, it, it, it's dated, but it works. Mm. As an event, you've got Cindy Lauper, you've got Muhammad Ali, you've got all these things going on. Um, yeah, Liberace. Liberace. I mean, mm. it's an amazing... Oh, it's great. It's, great spectacle. it's a great spectacle. But when you hear you, about the stuff that was going think, on backstage, it's nuts. Yeah, you think about the fact that Vince McMahon probably thought this was it. It's just, I just do this. I want, if I'm going out, I'm going out in style. Oh, this Liberace, was this was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much to know about that thing, and um, I really do think. I mean, the WrestleMania. The, uh, let's just quickly do the matches then, right? We'll ra- we'll get we'll get round to a few things, but let's talk mm. about, um, and we'll come back and because we've got to come back and talk about an, another show. For the next show, we'll talk about 80s more. But okay, cool. yeah, yeah. I've got four matches, mm. and I'm going to throw them out as to, and I think these, to me, mm. 
um, have got real importance. So I've got WrestleMania main event, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff, Mr. Mm. Wonderful. To me, is a defining milestone in wrestling entertainment. Yeah, not necessarily a good match, though. Oh, no, terrible match. No, but uh, Awful it, in was many a, it was a it was a it was it, yeah uh, it's it, it's you you're right it's the keystone that holds everything else together yeah yeah it was the main event that uh, paid off to what it was yeah you know I mean seeing Mr T in the wrestling ring well that's that's pretty cool it was yeah. it was it and that's what it was it, it it widened that media appeal yeah and that's what that's why that's it's so gimmick. important mm. uh, and the other one we didn't mention from the eighties Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. Versus, um, is it Dan? Don Morocco. Don Morocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Dan, steel. Dan Morocco. Dan, Dan, Dan's That's his gardener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan. Don, Don Dan, Mor- you missed you missed the roses, Dan. <laughs> you missed a spot. Uh, Don Morocco in the steel cage at Madison Square Garden. Now I'm going to hold yeah. this up for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Firstly, Snooker did things, but coming off the top of a steel cage. In yeah, that time, fifteen foot down. Yeah, yeah. And it was legitimately it, it, fifteen. Oh foot. yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. And it's a proper steel cage. Oh yeah. Um, in the eighties, mm-hmm. was almost like a no-no. Oh yeah, totally. I and mean, so, it was... so for him to do it was incredible. And for Don Morocco to take it, and that's the thing I was going to say. Mm. So and for and for Morocco to agree to take it, yeah. if you like, is, a, is so that's why I think that match is because it's again it sets a standard of like oh you can do this crazy shit. Yeah, and it can be done well. Do you, know, I, do you know why I like that match? I, there's another reason why I say that match stands out. Yeah, who was in the audience? Mick Foley. Mick Foley was in and the audience, and that's the match that made him decide it to is. become a professional wrestler. God bless you, Superfly. And that's why I think it's such an important match for many reasons. Well, God rest you, Superfly. Um, I'm also going to throw. So let's next, next one. WrestleMania three. So this is one that really got me interested in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WrestleMania three. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. Versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. One of the greatest matches it ever was. I watched this the other day. It's phenomenal. Flawless. It's Even a today. Flawless match. If this match was happened today, yeah, it would. It stands up. It's these two are the. That oh. that is the bar as far as I'm concerned. That is the level you must perform at the WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, that, that's there's no two ways about. It. To me, that's a one of the greatest matches of all time. It's it's just it, those two workers. Yeah. At the top of their game. Oh yeah, totally. Savage is a great worker. Savage is amazing. I love matching. You know, I don't think I, I've never seen Savage in a in a bad match. <laughs> There's a few, but it's usually his opponent that he drags down. He's one of those wrestlers. I always think that when he works with somebody he wants to work with, and it's good, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Or he can be a la- he can be lazy. But I mean, WCW, he was he had some atrocious matches. Yes. And WWE, he had pretty good fucking matches. Oh yeah, yeah. Standard was yeah. amazing. He he wanted to be there though. Him and Hogan was a great match. Yeah, but it's because he what you say he wanted to be there and he worked his ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, later on, he got lazy, and I think there's some terrible matches down the line. Mm. But that match, to me, is is a WrestleMania standard. As a main event match, as yeah. far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, think, I, I honestly think that match is what drives someone like Shawn Michaels to do the matches that he oh, yeah, did at yeah. WrestleMania. To, to get that WrestleMania moment. I mean, it's Chris Jericho's favourite match. Do you know what? It's funny you mention that, because I was going to reference, in, in rela- relation to that, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels mm. at WrestleMania 19. Something like that. Is I think it's 19. Was that? No, I was at 25. Oh, okay. But yeah, Shawn Michaels, I think it's 19. It, I think it definitely is. Mm. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. That match is on par with that, and it's such a fucking astounding match. Oh, it's a great match. And again, it's those two amazing workers doing what they do best. Mm. I love that match. And that's why that one is so important to me. It's, yeah, that's one of the first matches. Totally agree. That's one. If you think, if I have to think of matches, the top five matches, that'll be on it. Yeah. Um, so this one's an odd one, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not. It's from a Saturday night main event in May 1989. So it's just a, a odd one. But it's Hulk Hogan versus Big Boss Man in a steel cage. Yeah. And this is where it's a proper steel cage. It wasn't the sort of the mesh. It was the blue bar yeah. steel cage. And the match is, is pretty good. I mean, it's a solid match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it stands out to me because it's one of the first steel cage matches from 1989. It's one of the first steel cage matches I've seen. I loved Bossman. Yeah. I loved Hogan. Bossman was great. Um, and the ending of this match includes, and this is why I'm amazed by it, right? It includes Hogan. Uh, uh, Bossman climbs out and he's climbing down, right? He, he's beaten down Hogan. Hogan gets up, sees that Bossman is, is climbing out the cage and he. he gets up and he runs up to the ring 
he, and he strangles. This is another thing about his heel moves. He mm. throttles Bossman through the cage and then begins to lift him back to the top of the cage. Yeah. So he hasn't touched the floor yet. Mm. Gets him and then superplexes him yes, over right. the yes. top of the cage off the top rope. Yeah, no, it's great. And match. I was watching this again the other day and I'm thinking, Hogan just superplexed Bossman over the top of a steel cage. Yeah, it was Ray Taylor's idea, by the way. Was it? Yes, it was. It was. It's amazing. It's amazing. Because Hogan said, Are "You sure, brother?" And, yeah. And, and he says, "Trust me." He said, "I used to do this in Smoky Mountain." So. I'm sure he did. And that's the yeah. thing about like you look at Bossman. We talk about um, you know uh, haystacks or, or these bigger guys. Now, when you see Bossman, he didn't look like he was in great shape. Let's be honest. He had a, he had a gut. Mm. And that, but he could work. I see him as Bam Bam, though. He's oh, like Bam, Bam Bam. Yeah. Oh, great worker. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow was amazing. Yeah, totally. And I think that, I think that's the thing about this era, is they weren't cut. They were less abs. Yeah, they weren't body days. donors. They were, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were... Hard workers. They were gimmicks. Yeah. They, they, were, they played their gimmick. They were less and abs They were so days, good at their gimmick, yeah. it didn't matter if they had muscles. No, it didn't. It you really I mean? didn't. I mean, look at Savage. Savage was, was, wasn't that muscular. He, was he, not, he wasn't he was ripped. Like, no, no, but he, he did become a little bit more ripped. later on. Yeah, but during the eighties, like you say, it wasn't that important. They were yeah. all built. Boss, but, um, like Ted DiBiase. Yeah, you know, it was more of a thing about they could work and they could work a crowd, and that was yeah. the thing I love about it is they could really work a crowd. Mm. Um, but I think you know the things we haven't touched on, and we will in the next show, um, is uh, tag teams. Because mm-hmm. there's a couple of tag teams I really want to talk about. Okay. Um, I've got some other things here. We want to. Uh, I want to go back and want to talk more about Jake the Snake. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because we've both. Well, I've never met him. You have. I've never met oh, him. You know, I, know, well, yeah, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't oh, there when okay. you met Jake. So I might have to tell. A few yeah, yeah. Stories, maybe. Um, and I also want to then talk about really the end of the eighties and the transition to the nineties, mm. um, and how it all sort of got a bit silly for WWF mm. in those early nineties years. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the next show. Really, he's going to be us talking about because the other thing we're going to do in the next show mm. is we are going to be uh, providing a bit of a review of a wrestling movie. Now, I did we did one for Patreon. Yep. Um, what I would say is the Oscar-worthy, <laughs> no holds barred, <laughs> brother. Um, yeah. No, the the film's a load of dookie. Um, Oscar spelt with a H. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, <laughs> It, uh, but it, the review was really good fun. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if you want to hear that review, uh, start submit to, sub, subscribe to our Patreon. But we are going to go see Walk Like a Panther. Mm. Um, and this is going to be a very personal film for us. I think it is. And it's going to have a lot of sort of like, you know, touchstones for us. And we're yeah. going to provide a review of this and we're going to talk more about the British wrestling scene and we'll talk more about um, 80s and early 90s wrestling. These that people. Good. So, what do you say, brother? Let's get ourselves down to the cinema. Ooh, yeah. I was hoping you'd go to a, like a warrior one. We're going to go to the gods of... Oh, that's what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about 80s promos as well. Maybe we next. should get a few warrior promos just written out so we know exactly what we're saying. Nothing. No one could <laughs> transcribe a warrior promo. Oh, bless him. Yeah, I, I love them. Yeah. All right, but we will. That's the thing we'll talk about is is eighties. We're promos. gonna get in the car. Yeah. We're gonna get in the car, and the power of the warriors yeah. is gonna be coming down yeah. on us as we go. And the popcorn will go from Mount Elliptus. <laughs> Mount Elliptus will erupt in the veins of our ass. Yeah. I yeah. Refrigerator, I... corn dog, corn beef. Just just and, to... and he used to watch it and go. Yeah, yeah. What he what he said. Okay, you're the warrior. You can say what you like. I love the fact that like he would end it towards it. I mean, (sighs) yeah, he starts snorting and growling. You're like, oh, you're done then. Oh, all right. (laughs) One of the match begins. One of the nicest men that ever lived. Gotta say, God bless him. So, and there there is one thing we will touch on when we talk about promos. We talk. I want to talk about eighties promos uh, Mm. in it because you can't talk about eighties promos without the one and the only. Mean Gene Oakland. All right, everybody. Yeah, because he was... Ending with me now. He was the sucker for all of this. He was... Well, Mean Gene, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm going to get myself down to that ring, and I'm going to teach them a lesson, because I've been saying my prayers. I've been taking my vitamins. And you just mean Gene's like, oh, yeah, you go, Hulkster. Yeah, and Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Oh, managers. We need to talk about we managers. Need to do a manager. We do, that's a separate one. 
it got, is. It's got to be a separate one. Managers. So that's it. Okay, yeah. so this has been a beautiful one. This has been, been nice. It's flown, isn't it? It has. It's an hour. So it is. We shall, we'll wrap this up. So yeah. I'll wrap it up can with I, the usual things. Can I get dressed now? You can You can put on your pants. That's all okay. I'm going to let you do. All right. Um, cool. But I'll tell you. So can thank I you very much. in the bar <laughs> in the cinema with you while the plane is driving down <laughs> into the ground. I'm a little the scared. of the warriors. Right. Put your warrior back in the box. Relief. <laughs> Um, but thank you very much for listening and putting up with Mike's nonsense. Right. Um, please uh, find us on the social medias. We're on Twitter at Twentieth Century Geek. We're on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. I'm on Instagram. I do some fantastic pictures on Tinder. There. Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> I'm available uh, for for all these things. Bar mitzvahs. Um, that's it, yeah. Children's birthday parties. Um, if you want to have feedback, please contact me on any of those platforms or email me at uh, 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. Boom. Um, and if you want more of us, we have now started to do our uh, our Patreon things have started to be sent out. Uh, please check them out and uh, please subscribe. It would be fantastic. And reviews on uh, iTunes are also really appreciated. But until the next time... Well, you can also reach him on 07. No! <laughs> Okay then, well I'll say this right now. Seven. Let's go, brother! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>